In this episode, I'll talk about rules that exist for horse behavior and whether or not we all need to abide by them. You might guess by the title of this podcast that I think there is some wiggle room. There are also some rules about relaxing the rules. So here we go, episode 71, My Horse, My Rules. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. Never let your horse eat grass when you're with him. Never let your horse drink when you're with him. Never feed a horse treats from your hand. Never teach a horse to rear. Never scratch your horse's itches. Never let a horse put his mouth on things. Never let a horse put his feet on things. Never let two horses talk to each other when you're with them. Don't let your horse relax too much during a break. And don't ever let the lead rope touch the ground. So these are all rules that I've heard people state, and at times quite adamantly. Now, some of these rules have come around for very good reasons. Some I don't really understand at all. So which ones are we supposed to follow? And what happens if we break those rules? I think rules are kind of like equipment that we use with our horses. It's a good idea to know the why behind it. So actually, before I go into some of the individual rules, I'll talk a bit about it in general. So rules can be quite different in different parts of the world or in the same part of the world, but between different disciplines or even within the same discipline, but in different training systems. And in the same training system, but in different barns. (laughs) So it can get really confusing. And it begs the question, who is right and who is wrong? Well, no one and everyone. Let's take a look at two opposite ends of the spectrum. So if you are all by yourself with your own horse, With the self-awareness to notice behavioral patterns and the skills to be able to modify behavior, then I think you can have any rule that you want for your horses. They're your horses and they're your rules. On the other hand, if you are inexperienced and you're interacting with a horse that you don't own in a stable with many other inexperienced people who will also be interacting with this horse, then I think you need to follow the rules of that barn or that owner of that horse. That kind of makes sense, right? (laughs) Those rules are usually put in place to decrease confusion for the horse and to increase the safety of the people who handle them. Now, I'm not saying that those situations are necessarily ideal for the horse, but I I do think they're often really necessary. So if I'm going to go learn how to handle alligators, 
when I go to the alligator place, <laughs> stable, <laughs> I'm going to do exactly what I am told to do regarding handling them. They likely will have some rules for me to follow, and I will follow them. And I would actually be very appreciative if the alligator professionals were not lax about letting the gators just push past them and come check my pockets for treats. So most barn rules have safety as the reason that they were created. And so they're a good starting point for people who are new to horses or for anyone when interacting with a horse that they don't know. So those examples that I just gave were extreme examples, right? Most of us, most people are in situations somewhere in between those two. And so it gets a little fuzzy. The rules need to be then really looked at and really thought about. And then you have to decide what's going to be best. Taking into account what's going to be best for the horse, for you, for the other horses around you, and for the other people around you. For example, you might be experienced, and it may be your horse, but you might keep your horse at someone else's barn. And maybe there's a lot of different staff of varying levels of experience. So you might think it's cute, and it might be perfectly safe for you to bring your horse in for the from the pasture, and then when you get near the barn, you let it go, and he trots into the barn, turns right, goes down the aisle, and goes right into his own stall. That's pretty cool. But if it becomes a pattern, and then let's say the new little kid who's helping out at the barn goes to bring him in, and that horse just pulls away from her, or maybe she, you know, she gets the lead rope wrapped around her, or she, you know, pulls pulls her over and she falls or she tries to hang on and he smashes her in the doorway because she doesn't get the stall door open in time. I've seen that happen. <laughs> so even though in general, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing to let your horse go to the stall by himself. My horses do it all the time. <laughs> but there are definitely situations where that could get someone or the horse in a really bad spot. Let's say the new kid starts to think that it's okay to let horses go back to the barn on their own. And then they're bringing in somebody else's horse. And so they let go. Ah, he'll just go back, find a stall. But it's not your horse. And now that horse ends up in a mad panic, hurts himself, hurts others. So I really love that I, I started out on my own, but I did, I did, I was in pony club when I was a kid. I was in pony club from D2 <laughs> rating to, I got my HA. For those of you who know pony club, uh, you know, when you get up to the A level of pony club, you're doing like almost preliminary eventing. I mean, it's, it's pretty hardcore and I learned so much and there was definitely rules. There was the pony club way to do things. And I actually joke about that now. There's like clean and there's pony club clean. <laughs> and often now in the chaos in my barn that I'll talk a little bit more about in a minute, I'll joke around. I'll be like, well, this, this looks like a pony club. What's wrong with this picture? 
So I'm conscious. I'm conscious about the chaos that I create. So I think it's really important to learn all the safety precautions. Being in Pony Club like that really taught me how to look around and how to think ahead to anticipate the worst situation that a horse could get himself into and then take steps to avoid that ever happening. Now, with that said, I also think it's okay to do what you want. Have the relationship you want with your horse and have your own set of rules. As I said, my horses have a lot of freedom and choice at my place. And often things are right on the edge of chaos. Sometimes they step over into chaos, but it's conscious chaos. I've thought about it. And, and this is a big and, it's interruptible. So what do I mean by that? Listen, we all know how to straighten up when we need to. I might sit cross-legged on the couch with my dinner plate in my lap, shoveling food in with horrible posture. I might even burp out loud when I'm at home by myself. I might even lick the ice cream bowl when I'm done with the ice cream. However, I also know how to sit up nicely, how to keep my arms at my side and control myself in a nice restaurant with friends. And this can be true of our horses. The reason I can let things get chaotic, and by chaotic I mean horses wandering in and out of the barn at will. They might come into the wash stall when another horse is cross-eyed in there. They might stop and grab some Spanish moss out of the tree when I'm riding by. They might come up and nudge me for treats. I can allow all that. My horses, my rules. One of the big reasons I can is because I also know I can, I can interrupt all of that. If I'm riding and Natia wants to grab some Spanish moss, I can allow it or I could go, not now, keep going. If she goes to reach for some grass and I don't want her to, I can say, not now, keep going. I can also ask my horse to stay back and not touch me. They have a, there's a cue for that. So as much as I kind of like them all cuddling and nudging me, I can also stop it at any time. I'm pretty good at being able to call my horse by name and have them come to me. So in the barn, I see Hotshot, or would be Hotshot actually, it would be Solana or Cora, heading to duck under those cross ties and dive bomb the wash stall because they love the wash stall. I can often call them Solana. I can get her attention. And I can, if I don't, I can't get to her head, I can, I can back her up from her tail. So it's that communication that's allowing me to be able to have some pretty relaxed rules. So let's see, see if you can tell the difference between these two scenarios. Scenario one, someone is riding their horse. The horse wants grass. The rider shortens the reins to prevent it. The horse pulls harder, rips the reins out of the rider's hands. The horse eat grass, eats grass. Scenario two. Someone is riding their horse. The horse wants grass. The rider decides it's okay and lets the reins go longer. The horse eats grass. 
Or <laughs> scenario three, someone is riding their horse. The horse wants grass. The rider decides, not right now, and shortens the reins. The horse goes to put their head down, feels the short rein, goes, oh, okay, not right now. The horse does not eat grass. So if I saw scenario one, the horse wants the grass, the rider does not want the horse to eat grass, the, ride, the horse rips the reins out of the rider's hands, eats grass anyway. <laughs> or if it's a little kid, maybe pulls the kid off <laughs> the front end, kid slides down the horse's neck while the horse is eating grass. We've all seen this cartoon. So if I saw scenario one, I would probably advise, I would advise that rider that they need to practice not eating the grass when the rider says not to eat the grass. Absolutely. So I might seem to have a rule. I might say, hey, Mary, don't let your horse eat the grass. But the problem isn't the grass eating. The problem is the rider isn't able to communicate with the horse about grass eating. But if I said, Mary, don't let your horse eat grass, and Mary didn't think about it further, Mary would grow up and years later would think that horses should never eat grass when you're riding them. So I have videos that demonstrate this. I'm often playing with my horses over grass and I often get comments like, how come your horses aren't snatching for the grass? Well, this is why, because I practice it. I practice it when I'm talking to my horse, I have 100% attention from them or I'm trying to be interesting enough to be worthy of that attention and have their attention focus on me. And then when it's game over and I'm not talking to them, they also know. So 100% on me or 100% at ease, as you like. <laughs> Graze. Smoke them if you got them, right? Graze if you want to. <laughs> and I can allow my horses to graze because then if I go, hey, Solana, whoop, I want the ears. I want the ears and the attention back on me. And if I can't get it, then I practice doing that. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are gonna be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. So um, you can also put, you can also put a cue to that. 
So if I'm going back and forth practicing, I might be like, and now we stand up and don't graze, even if you want to. And now we do. And I might have a certain cue. I might touch my horse on the neck a certain way, or I might say, graze, you know, give it a a verbal cue. You can do that. And that'll help your horse tell the difference of when they're allowed to graze and when they're not. So if you're in one of those um, situations I described earlier of, you know, a beginner barn learning on horse, if you, you know, if there's a beginner in a barn where there's lots of different riders interacting with the same horse and they're all beginners, I agree. In that case, it's probably better that that barn has a rule that none of the horses get to eat grass when there's a kid on them. It'll just make it easier if in, and less confusing if the horses weren't pulling their riders over their heads. But it, so that's fine. That's a conscious choice based on a specific scenario that's going to end up helping the horse and helping the riders. But that doesn't make it a rule for all time and all horses. The same thing with drinking. You know, there's a big difference between your horse, you're riding on your horse, you're all focused doing transitions or whatever it is you're doing. And your horse is like, I'm thirsty. I'm out of here. <laughs> Rips the reins out of your hands and drags you over to the, the water tub and you can't get him to move and he drinks. So that's one choice. Or as you're riding past the water tub in the corner of the arena, you kind of feel your horse put his attention on it. I think my horse is thirsty. And so having that new knowledge that your horse is thirsty, you maybe finish up the circle, do a couple more transitions, and then you walk over and you let them drink like any good friend would. Now, a student on one of my Q&A calls for my courses, uh, we were talking and she said that uh, recently she had her vet out. And while her veterinarian was there, there, I don't know, standing there talking, and her horse had an itch. And my student just instinctively reached over and started scratching it for her horse. I do the same thing. And apparently the vet scolded, this is her words, she said her vet scolded her for doing that and said, if you scratch your horse's itches, it makes you the servant. This is one of those rules that I said, some of them I don't understand. This is one I don't understand. So my student said that she, she listened to the vet and, you know, she was very, she respects the vet. So she's like, oh, okay. You know, but then she slept on it. And the next day she's like, you know, that just didn't, that just didn't feel right. So she asked me about it and I told her (laughs) it was her horse and she could have her own rules, which is, that was what made me really think of doing this episode. And besides, like if some aliens came down and watched us humans with our horses and they watched us run out and feed them and run out in the middle of the night for night hay and watched us, you know, groom them and brush their hair and pick up their poop, there would be no question that we already are our horse's servants. And fair enough, if you ask me. I mean, I go out of my way to to scratch my horse's itches. My horse will start turning around. I'm like, ooh, ooh, I can get it. (laughs) I mean, why not? It's something that human fingers are pretty darn good at. 
I'm good for. And there's so much that I'm asking my horse to do. Like, why not like reach the hard, get the hard to reach places for him? And yeah, does, do some horses learn? They're like, you know, they'll, they'll reach around and scratch the top of their butt. No problem. And then once they start learning that you'll scratch them for them, they turn around like three inches and like, oh, I can't reach it. Fine. <laughs> you know, the worst case scenario of that is my, you know, I'm scratching my horse's itches and he's like, hey, this chick is really cool. She scratches my itches. And yes, I know someone's thinking of the horse that comes up and sideswipes people and is really rude and like knocks people over scratching their head on them. Yeah, you know what? That horse, you need some communication. Get back. Stop it. It needs to be interruptible. There's a theme. All right. So what about some of the other rules that I mentioned at the top of the podcast? You know, never feed your horse treats by hand. Or <laughs> find the right technique so you can have healthy boundaries around food and you can use positive reinforcement with food and know how to do it and set your horse up to be polite around food. I have videos in the classroom about that. Never let the lead rope touch the ground. Well, that's because a lot of horses will step on the lead rope and then they feel the pressure, they panic and they fling their head up and they can break the lead or clock in the jaw and the chin or something like that. Yeah, it can be unsafe. Or <laughs> practice that your horse yields to pressure in case he steps on it. So this is where, you know, there's, there's no cut and dried rules like that are really great if you don't plan on thinking or learning, or if you're not sure. So if I'm holding somebody else's horse, I'm going to be pretty conscientious. I'm going to do my best pony club rules, right? And I'm not going to let the lead rope get in a spot where the horse can step on it or get their leg over it. Cause I don't know that horse. I don't know if he's been prepared. My horse have been prepared. I can let the lead rope sit on the ground. I can, you know, it's something I actually set up and I train and I help them with it because it's going to happen by accident someday. <laughs> so I'd rather prepare for it and they can get their leg over it. I can lead them by the leg and they're, they're not going to get scared. And I know which horses are where in the scale of learning that. So it's definitely, you know, you got to have your out at a restaurant, perfect behavior with friends mode, pony club mode. And then again, as you go home, your horse, your rules, just know what you're doing. Never let your horse put his mouth on things. Well, I teach my horses to pick things up with their mouths. It's really handy. I dropped my jacket the other day. Ovation went over and picked it up while I was riding. Really handy. But know your horse and make sure you can interrupt it. Because I know like a horse like Ovation who loves to put things in his mouth, I kind of captured that behavior and so I could make it useful because <laughs> he's going to do it. <laughs> but I know him, so I'm really good at asking him to back up. I'm really good at directing his attention to do something else, right? So I, in my grooming stall, I have the little hook on the left where the bridles sit. And on the right side, I hang a bunch of like ropes and jugs and stuff like that so that when he's like oh man I really want to grab that bridle instead of having to tell him no all the time I go go touch the jug go get the piece of rope that's hanging there so he has something else to do so yeah you got to be a little bit clever 
But in my experience, you know, it's really hard to teach horses to not touch something with their mouth if they're really mouthy. It's better to redirect or give them something else to do instead, like get really good at backing them and having them hold there in a place where they can't, they can't reach anything. Same for putting um, horses' feet on things. So I teach my horses to put their feet on mats, in rubber tubs, on pedestals. I think it's really great for them to practice stepping on different things and gaining confidence with doing that. And it's, it's useful. <laughs> my, if I have to soak my horse's feet, I just fill a tub up and go get in the bucket and then get in there. But I can also ask them not to. So I remember being at a, I had a clinic here and I had a student who came with their horse and I know that they practiced similar things of standing on mats and putting their horse's feet in, you know, having them step into rubber tubs and things like that. And I saw them walking up. I had my dressage arena set up that has the little square or rectangle uh, PVC railing kind of things. And I could, they were walking up to say hello. And I saw a little glint in the horse's eyes. I could tell like that horse is like, Ooh, I could, I could put my feet on that. <laughs> so as they approached, I looked at the student. I'm like, I just went, those are expensive. Maybe I should have been a little bit more direct in my instructions. But um, her horse joyfully came over. Uh, the student kind of got the idea like, oh, hadn't thought of that and went to redirect the horse. And the horse was just like, no way, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put my feet on that. You just watch me. And the horse went over, lifted its foot up, proudly stepped on it, snapped it, slightly flinched. She had prepared him to be prepared for funny noises and things. And he stood on it and looked at us like, I'm a rock star. You see me? how good I was. Give me a cookie. You can't really blame them. However, the answer is not never let your horse put their feet on things. The answer is get it in communication if you're going to do it. It's just as important to say when not to do something as it is to say when to do something. So once your horse is comfortable doing the, the thing, <laughs> putting putting their feet on something or picking something up in their mouth, the next step is wait for the cue, then do it. And also any other cue, like come here or yield or turn or stop, <laughs> back up. So what about letting two horses greet each other? Sure. My horses interact all the time with each other when I'm playing or riding. Just the other day, I was riding out in, in the back in the field and I hear, brum, 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 brum. I look up and here comes Cora with a mouthful of hay galloping across the 10 acre pasture as fast as she could, came up and just like came right up to me in Ovation and they sniffed and Ovation took some of the hay out of her mouth and she squealed a little bit and it was totally fine, totally fine. And if for some reason it isn't, because sometimes the boys get a little excited by the girls, I can interrupt it. I can ask either horse to do something else. I can ask my horse to go away. I can ask the other horse to go away. Now, it's also simply wise and good manners to ask if you're thinking about allowing your horse to interact with someone else's horse. So just because it's okay for my horses to interact with each other, 
if I meet somebody else and my horse is like, I really want to go say hi to that horse, I'm not going to just let them do it. I'm going to control it. And I'm going to ask the owner of the other horse. And they might be like, yeah, no problem. But they'd be like, no, no, no. This one strikes and gets, you know, too crazy. I'm like, okay, fine. We're allowed to make our own rules. And we just have to respect the others that are around us. So look at your situation. Who else is around you? What patterns are you creating with your horse? Make sure you're aware of your horse's behaviors and make sure that any behavior is in communication and it's interruptible. Respect the rules of the barn or the situation that your horse is in. But if it's your horse, your place, and you're able to keep the veterinarians and the farriers safe around your horses, have your own rules. And if someone says otherwise, like the vet who scolded the person for scratching her own horse's itches, you just smile and you go, thank you. All right. I hope that helps. Meet me over in the Dressage Naturally Land Facebook group and we'll continue the conversation. <laughs> Bye. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book. You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.